This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. I want us to really have the idea that we are supposed to live and focus on living instead of focus on this idea of dying all the time. There's enough negative out there. So we are going to learn a lot in this particular session. We're going to engage a lot. And I I do want you to understand that my objective today is going to be very, very clear. I want to uh, tell you some problems. I'll enlighten those and make clear to you that those are problems. But I am solution-oriented. We were talking before we came on that I certainly want us to get in the game. And to get in the game, you had to be qualified to get in the game. So when I begin any talk, I do take the time to acknowledge two things, two persons. Number one, as I am before you today, I stand before you and I acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm never going to back away from that. I'm never going to deny him. Secondly, I will acknowledge and appreciate and show honor to my wife, Dr. Michelle. You know, she and I, um, we do a lot of things together. You know, our backgrounds are very unique. Um, we are fighters. We fight against tyranny of all types. We've been fighting against medical tyranny for 10 years, and I'll get into that more in just a moment. Uh, we have been known to fight against this idea of even this governmental tyranny. We are best-selling authors. We're well-known wellness experts, not just in the nation, but around the world. We are three-time film producers and actors, and we are absolutely running for governor of the state of Oklahoma. And this is a big deal because we are not just stepping out of the box to do that. We are stepping into the continued box that I talk about. So when I talk about running for governor, I want you to seriously consider downloading our app because when you download the app and it's Sherwood 2022, our platform's sitting right there for you and it's a great uh, conservative fighting platform. And yeah, you can find out what we do, but a good tool for you is to use that as a template for vetting qualified candidates in your area because they need to be at least matching up with these particular principles. If they're not, we have a problem. So make sure you use that appropriately. With that said, as I begin to get into the talk today, you know, I want us to understand there's there's two types of people that we can become. And one of the persons we don't want to become, and I think I've listed these things for you straight up, and we put a lot of information in these slides because I wanted you to have the ability to take a picture of these things and see them. But when you look at this, don't be a person that shortened their life one body at a time or created unnecessary fortunes of expenditures on these self-created choice-driven disease processes. And I'll talk about what those are in just a moment. I don't want you to be a person that didn't enjoy your life because you were too sick all the time or created medical debt faster than you created your financial equity. Big deal. Too many people are spending too much money on unnecessary sickness and suffering because they made bad choices coming in. And certainly... I'm going to get you fired up, but I do not want you to be a person who lives angry most of your days with limited joy and peace. On the contrary, I want you to be a person who enjoys your life, 
who has a wonderful time in life because you have good health. I want you to use your wealth to bless other people rather than pay those unnecessary bills. You know, wealth is a tool. We're not to love money. We're to use it as a tool. And the more you make, the more you're able to save, the more you can give away to other people. That makes it a wonderful tool. Let us not under, not forget that God owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and he is the source of all of our money. I want you to be a person that loves to travel, enjoys, and lives life to the fullest with no distraction of sickness. So even for the next half hour plus, I want you to not focus on the deadly lethality potential or talk or therein regarding coronavirus. I don't even want you to focus on the controversy about who's out there trying to kill you or who's out there trying to hurt you. I want you to focus on how to live life and how to live it more abundantly so you can have this idea of life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So today, and I'm going to go right through this in an excellent way where you can really get it. Today, I'm going to show you the way, the road to this happiness, the road to this health, the road to this hope that I'm talking about. And it begins right at this moment. So right now, I want you to just lock in to the next couple things we're going to say. And this next half hour will change your life if you allow it to. Always remember, get this, that what you do today determines your tomorrow. Always remember that your life destiny is written out each day by the pen you hold in your hand. You have a blank canvas, a blank pen, and what you do today has immense, and I mean immense, factors in how your life's going to turn out. To paint the picture of that and really get into your world right now and get you to thinking along these lines. I've got this little short video that I want you to see right now. What will your last 10 years look like? Will you be quick enough for a game of tag with your grandchild? Strong enough to embrace every moment. Will you grow old with vitality? Or get old with disease? Hmm. We probably played that video a hundred times or better over the years. And every time I play that video, it gets me to the core because you don't know whether your last 10 years began nine years and 350 days ago. You don't know whether it begins tomorrow. You don't know whether it begins two years from now. We have no idea. That's the beauty and un certain thing, this thing we call life. But what we do today really determines that. Do you want to be like the person that you saw that was having the vitality in life? Or do you want to be like the person who was having struggles living through life? And so that means that your last 10 years should really be what you're focusing on right now. So live today like you're going to die today, like it's your last, but also live today like you're going to live forever. 
With that said, today's greatest decision that we are posed with is, will you decide right now whether you're going to live through life or die through life? And that's a question that I want you to ponder as we go through, because I'm going to give you some tools that are actually going to be tools that you can put into practice right now that can set the tone to put you on a pathway to living down that life of vitality, energy, uh, freedom from sickness and disease, at least unnecessary sickness and disease, and give you the ability to have this joy in life and optimization in life that you should have. Now, with that said, my wife and I have been extremely blessed. My wife, my queen, my pal, Dr. Michelle, she's my buddy. We work together at the Functional Medical Institute. And back in March of 2020, all of us came in you know, con- confrontation with this idea of this coronavirus. And we had a decision to make at that point. What are we going to do? We're going to close our clinic. We're going to close our practice. We're going to lay everybody off. What are we going to do? Listen, folks, we made a decision at that moment in time that we were not going to back down because I waited desperately for anyone in government, in medicine, or in church to step up and say, wait a minute, we're not going to live in fear. We're going to live in faith. We don't know what we're dealing with, it, but we are Americans. We're going to fight, and we're going to win, and we're not going to back down to any sort of threat coming from any communist country, or even a virus. We're not going to do it. I didn't see anybody. Hence, through prayer, that led us down this decision to run for governor of the state of Oklahoma because people need leaders right now. So we stepped up and we began to fight back against what we now realize is medical tyranny. And to this point, I'm proud to say that we have treated and dealt with 10,000 people, almost 10,000, and we've had zero deaths from COVID. Folks, that ought to be a praise the Lord moment for all of us because it's a big deal. And we don't take it lightly. We got about 2,000 people into this late in the spring, late spring, early summer of 2020 and called the news stations near us and said, hey, will you do a story on this? Um, A year and a half later, we're still waiting on that story because the news is bought and paid for by fear, by suffocating socialistic propaganda-driven people. And you can't get news there. You have to tune into these summits like this and get it. So you hang out with people that do that. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But how is it possible? How is it possible that we stood back against medical tyranny, didn't use their protocols, and we had 10,000 people that we were able to deal with and nobody died of COVID? We didn't say nobody got it, but nobody died from it or died even with it. It's extraordinary. You can find out all these answers and all the things I'm going to go through today. I want you to go there right now to Sherwood.tv forward slash free. You can see it right there on the screen. I want you to go there because get this, we're going to not only give you a free ebook of all the protocols that I'm talking about today, but we're also going to enter into enter you into a free drawing so that you can actually get a free month of our own immune protocol, the one that we've used. You're not going to get this anywhere else. And so we want you to go there and get that done right now. So take a picture of the screen, get that website, and go there and get entered into that drawing because I want you to have this protocol and I want you to have the information. Not only are we going to give the information, but once again, we're going to give you the actual protocol to one lucky winner out there. And we, we hope that that's you. So be that person. You can't win it unless you get in it, as we've heard on many shows before. Now, with that said, I'm going to dive into our formal teaching part right now. We're going to give you 10 keys to living 
and not dying. Again, 10 keys to living, not dying. And I'm going to go right to these 1 through 10, and I want you to prepare to take notes, and whatever God lays in your heart, put it in there. But get this into your heart, get it into your mind, get it into your spirit, and get it into your voice. Because when you begin to understand things like this, your life will open up and you will not be driven by the distraction that is COVID. I don't care. I'm not getting distracted by that. My job is to give people the opportunity to live life. And we do that with these 10 keys to living and not dying. So number one is this. God is supreme. I don't care what kind of virus comes our way. I don't care what kind of thing comes at us. God is more powerful. There's no virus. There's no person. There's no army. There's no peril that could come upon you that's greater than God's strength. So this is how we have to start. God is supreme. He made us in his own image. We are created in his image. So we're his finest creation. So God is supreme. So get that one. That is number one. Number two, we need to understand that man's system does not work. Man's system does not work. So what is man's system, you ask? I'm going to give you some characteristics of man's system. So I believe in giving people informed consent. Now, you can go down this pathway if you want to. You can choose this pathway. Many do, but this is man's system. So when we look at man's system, here are some characteristics in man's system that we really get in here. First, there's no such thing in man's system as health care. Healthcare does not exist. It's really sick care. I can prove that to you because how many of you out there have car insurance? I know your hands are raising now. Well, I do. When does it pay? When you get in a crash. How many of you out there have homeowner's insurance? When does it pay? When the house falls down. In the first two examples with the car, car insurance does not pay you to put gas in your car, put air in your tires, or keep it clean. Homeowner's insurance does not pay you to mow your grass and to clean your house. Healthcare insurance should be called sick care insurance because it's not designed to keep you well. It's designed to pay if you get sick. So why would we expect it to pay for wellness care when it's actually designed to keep you sick? Now that may sound a little bit direct, but it needs to be because it, if we understand this principle, we know that it can't get you well because it would go broke. It's for profit, folks, so we need to understand that. Secondly, with man's system, your primary care physician is dressed in a white coat. I'm just going to plant that seed right there right now and let you think about that because I will come back to that in just a few moments. In man's system, big farmers running the show. They are all about big money. They control the media. They control physician education and sick people. You and I, when we get sick, are big business. You and I are part of the payer mix. Your name's not Mark anymore. Your name is whatever disease and whatever procedures or studies that you can bring to the table to bring money in. Man's system is about complete fear and hopelessness. Haven't we seen that? Don't you see that in all of the news propaganda driven today? It's all about fear. Folks, in man's system, get this. Medicines and vaccines are first-line therapy. They're not second-line therapy. They're first-line therapy. Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, said this, Let food be thy medicine. He also said in the Hippocratic Oath, First do no harm. So my question is for you, if man's system is seeking to give you medicines and vaccines first before following 
Hippocrates prophetic warning, then we have a problem. We see that we're probably first doing harm. Folks, statistics tell the story in man's system, and I want this to shock you because this is true. Did you know that one in three persons today in these United States of America is insulin resistant? Did you know that obesity is nearly 40% right now across the board, and it's predicted by some to be 100% By the year 2050, some statistical analyses indicate that by 2030, 100% of the population would be overweight or obese. We're seeing children becoming part of this problem more so than ever before. One in three children are predicted to be diabetic by the time they're 40. Autism, one in 40,000 40 years ago, one in 40 now. It's predicted by 2050 to be one in two. That ought to make the hair stand up on the back of your your neck. Heart disease is still the number one killer, and we're getting crushed in the war on cancer. The war on cancer has failed because we're losing the same amount of people now as we did back then per 100,000, and cancer is going to take over as number one killer soon enough. Folks, in man's system, diseases literally are growing faster than the population. We need to really get this in our heart because this lifespan might be have increased for a while. It's starting to decrease right now, and six span is actually increasing. Six span defined as the span in which you're sick and dependent upon medications to manage diseases. In man's system, there's zero talk about prevention. There's zero talk about deprescription. There's zero talk about any of that because we're just focused on managing things. We are encouraged in man's system to eat the standard American diet, which makes me sad and is sad. We need to understand that that stuff will kill you. My wife and I are considered radical. Can you imagine that? Because we work out and we're healthy, we're radical? Seriously, what kind of world do we live in, folks, when healthiness becomes something that's radical? Number two is man's system doesn't work. Number three, we're to value our temple. What do I mean by temple? There are two scriptures I want you to understand, and we need to understand that the definition of temple by God's viewpoint is this body we walk around in. Two scriptures to keep in mind and reference there. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, and 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Both of those begin with a question. The question is paraphrased like this. Don't you know that your body is the temple of God? Let me just repeat that one more time. Don't you know that your body is the temple of God? In one scripture, it talks about, you know, God is gives you this physical body, and therefore, whoever destroys the physical body... God's going to destroy him or her. So in that case, do we have a right to destroy our own physical body? Well, we can, but we're going to have consequences. But what if we do things every day willingly and purposely with intent that we know destroys our body? How does that put us in answering this question? Don't you know that your body is a temple of God? The second scripture talks about you were bought with a price, therefore you're not your own. My goodness, do we understand we're bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus? Do you really get that, folks? That's a big deal. Therefore, we have no right to destroy somebody else's property, property, especially God's greatest creation. Number three is value the temple with everything you do, with everything you say, with everything you are, with everything you, you, you think. Work it through the filter of valuing the temple of God. This thing we have walking around in, my wife calls it the 
The skin bag, she's got a beautiful skin bag, by the way, but it is not our own. It is God's. So that's number three, value the temple. Number four, we need to eat real food. Folks, eating real food is God's direction. This is what God wants. It's not that hard. If you can imagine it, walking around in the Garden of Eden, swimming in the creek or the river flowing through the Garden of Eden, growing from the ground or from the trees or from a bush bush in the Garden of Eden, it's probably real food. God directs us. So I made a list for you right here, a list in what I call anti-inflammatory foods. These foods you should be consuming. Do not do diets. You see the buzzwords there and quality proteins, organic, grass-fed and grass-finished, free-range, wild-caught. You might even add hormone, antibiotic-free, healthy oils and fats, olive, coconut, avocado oil, avocados, nuts and seeds. Those are super important. Low-glycemic fruits and low-glycemic non-root, non-starchy vegetables. Now, when you say, what does that mean, non-root, non-starchy? That means plants that grow above the ground like a salad. Does that mean we can't have potatoes and sweet potatoes? No, that's not what I said. The reason we put this like this is because the majority of people are horribly overweight and excess fat tissue creates inflammation. These are called anti-inflammatory foods because they don't induce the immune system. The greatest inducers of the immune system is not the vaccines out here, folks. It's the bombardment of the standard American diet, which I'll talk about just in a moment, that triggers the immune system. But all these anti-inflammatory foods that you see here are good for us, young and old, all the time. It doesn't matter. We need to consume them. That's number four. Number five, we need to avoid non-foods. I call these things frankenfoods, fruits anti-foods, unfoods. These are what Satan directs us to put in our body. Remember, God directs us to put in anti-inflammatory foods that cause health. Satan directs us to put in these inflammatory foods that causes disease. You see the list right there. And beginning with sugar, artificial sweeteners, we know all that, and processed foods as I go into the list, sodas. But what about breads and grains? I thought breads and grains were good. Guess what, friends? They're not any good anymore because they've been genetically modified. The majority of the foods you see right here are subsidized by the United States government. The United States government makes these things cheap so that you and I will look at them and say we're supposed to eat them. Did you know that grains have been adulterated and genetically modified so much that they create in part the disintegration of the gut lining and they lead to this thing called autoimmune disease. How many autoimmune disease people do we have out there right now? It is caused by the consumption of these things. These grains are so genetically modified, they actually hit your opioid receptors in your brain. That's right. They act like drugs. And that's why the old Doritos commercial said, I bet you can't eat just one. And they're right. Food scientists aren't stupid. Neither is Satan. Now, having said that, It takes a mindset of God, a kingdom mindset, to not eat these things. God directs us to put his food in our body, but when mankind messes with it or modifies it or puts his hand on it to try to make it better, disaster falls. And this is where we are right now, folks. We need to avoid these foods at all costs. Don't go there, period. That's number five. Number six, we need to select our company wisely. Who you hang out with, I promise you, will hang on to you. That's a big deal because, folks, it's like this. We need to guard our heart. 
We need to guard our space. We need to guard our circle of influence with everything there is and everything we are because if we're not paying attention to what we speak, if we're not paying attention to what and whom we're around or where we are, we have lost it, folks. This is important because wherever you're at and whoever you're hanging around, you'll become like the five people you hang out with the most. I promise you that. Hang out with people who make you better, better, who lift you up, who take you to a better place, who encourage you. You can hang out with my wife and I. Just stay connected with us. I promise you we're going to lift you up. Folks, if you're around somebody that's sucking the very life out of you, listen to me very carefully. Love them from a distance. I didn't say hate them. I said love them from a distance. And that means you have to love them from a greater distance. Do not let them into your life. Do not get emotionally invested in them and don't think you can fix them. Only God has the power to fix a man or woman from the inside out. So that's number six. You've got to select your company wisely. Number seven, you have to really begin to manage stress. Redefine it. Get this. This is this might be the epiphany of the day, right? Stress is not a noun. It's a verb. Stress is not a noun. It's a verb. What do I mean by that? Here's a brand new definition for you that I want you to catch. Stress is an action you take to life's expected or unexpected occurrences. So if stress is an action you take, that makes it a non-noun. That makes it a verb because a noun's a person, place, or thing. You can put it in a bucket. But if it's an action, that's something you're doing. Many times you can't control the stimulus, what comes at you, but you can control your response. The example I'll give you is this. You're in a traffic jam one day, or maybe waiting on traffic that's backed up and you're late for a meeting. You can't make that traffic move faster. That's the stimulus. But you do have the ability to control your response. Is the response going to be hitting the steering wheel with your hand or arm in frustration screaming? Or is your response going to be getting quiet and considering it divine delay so you can get some divine silence? The actions we take in response to these stimulus is our choice. Therefore, stress doesn't have to control your life because it's not a noun. If we redefine it as a verb, as I'm strongly suggesting, and I believe correct, then we gain control because I will tell you life will scream at you many stressors, but you have a choice in how you answer the call or the scream of these stressors. I encourage you to take control of your actions and realize that in you, get this, you have the fruit of the Spirit if you have a relationship with God, and therefore you have peace. You have patience and you have self-control and among other things. So instead of asking for it, thank God that you have it already. That's number seven, redefine stress. Number eight, we've got to move more, sit less. We live in an absolutely sedentary society. We sit too much. We have been conned into believing we can exercise 10 minutes high intensity a day and sit all day and be okay. I call that active sedentary deception. We don't need to be like that. I've defined for you some principles here with this that I want you to catch. We need to target 150 minutes a week of dedicated activity. Find something you like to do and do it more. That's important. It doesn't have to be something what I say or something your trainer says. You could do walking, biking, swimming, snow skiing, wherever you are. Just do something more that makes you happy. We need to do some type of resistance training. You don't build muscles and you don't build bones by sitting on your backside, folks. The only way 
We're having osteoporosis today and muscle loss is because we're not active. These things should not occur at all in our society. And I put that word, that little formula, 22. What does that mean? Something you can do right now. Get a little obnoxious sticky note and put it near your computer at your workstation, wherever you are. And for every 20 minutes you sit, get this, stand up for two. Did you know that you can actually take a phone call while standing up? I know that's funny. But did you know you can actually send a text message while standing up? How about that one? And earth-shattering news, breaking, breaking, breaking. Did you know that you can send an email while standing up? Did you know you can even have a meeting while standing up? Sometimes when I'm in a consult with somebody, I will stand up. They think I'm getting ready to dismiss. And I say, no, I'm just standing up. And sometimes they stand up too. Did you know when you stand up, you activate an enzyme called lipase, L-I-P-A-S-E, that actually breaks down fat? How cool is that? And if you stand up for two minutes after sitting for 20 minutes multiple times a day, you've probably done 12 or 15 squats by the end of the day. Congratulations on your workout, folks. That's number eight. Move more, sit less. Number nine, sleep is not a waste of time. Many times I've heard people say that are successful, well, you don't need to sleep because that wastes time. Nonsense. Lack of sleep will age you more rapidly. A lack of sleep will cause something called fatigue debt to build up exponentially in your life. It's like building up credit card debt and trying to pay back the minimum. Good luck with that one. Folks, we need seven to eight hours per night every night. This is a big deal. It's imperative we do that. One of the things that I say to people all the time that we do is the hint, set your alarm and wake up the same time every day regardless. Now, when you do that, you will work backwards, and obviously the more tired you get in the evening, you'll go to bed earlier. But that's important. But the first tip on getting that 78 hours, if you're not, and did you know the average American gets about five to maybe five and a half hours per night right now, which is not sufficient, causing us to speed up our biological aging processes inappropriately. Wake up the same time every day, but there are some things you can do before bed that I call sleep hygiene that will help you. Epsom salts bath, hot showers, you set your room temperature to 65 to 67 or lower, the cooler the better. You can always put on blankets, but you can't take off things if you get hot. You can't sleep on the heat. You want to be cautious with the blue light, like the computer screen. Don't listen to this event or even a recording later with a blue light going on because a blue light emits a temperature of 5,500 Kelvin. Now, what does that mean? Well, you compare that to the noonday sun, which is 3,500. You can see how that affects the pupils so much and will create cortisol and thereby lower melatonin and affect your sleep in a negative way. So you can also, to that note, take melatonin before bed if you choose to. As you age, you get about 40 40 years of age and up. Melatonin can be taken forever, and I recommend it right now as a prophylactic for lowering inflammation, and a lot of people are using it in their COVID protocols. How cool is that? So that's number nine. Sleep is not a waste of time. Number 10, you've got to budget your time like you budget your money. Folks, we get a 1,440 minutes a day. That's all we get. That is it. And I hope that you understand that once you spend that time, you can't get it back. There's no buyer's remorse refunds at hand. So you can't get that refund for the time you spent. So cherish the moments. That's why these moments here, I want every minute to count and every minute to be the best minute you've ever spent because it's giving us some investment in time 
that's going to produce an incredible ROI, a return on that investment. Invest your minutes in things that are going to bring back benefit to you as opposed to liability. That's number 10. So some final thoughts as we kind of wrap this thing up with a nice bow on it. Understand that God's wisdom and God's plan works. And exactly what I've talked about today is God's wisdom and God's plan. He's given it to us. Folks, in God's wisdom and God's plan, food and lifestyle are always first-line therapy. God has provided real, real food for us. It's medicine. So food is medicine. In God's plan, a pill for an ill is not God's will. In God's plan, diseases should be healed and not managed. And folks, if you don't manage life, I promise you, life will manage you. Revelation, we are not born with medication or vaccine deficiencies. If we look at what things under God's plan and God's direction, there's no pandemics. There's only global outbreaks of faith that is uncontrollable, unwavering, and unshakable. In God's plan and God's wisdom, death isn't feared because we have eternal life. I don't care what comes my way. I'm not going to die one day quicker than God says so. Folks, in God's wisdom and plan, we should always be talking about prevention and always be talking about healing. Folks, it is time in our lives right now to step up, stand up, and speak up and begin to be leaders in this. And it starts with us. Yes, us. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's you that's got to lead the way. Don't wait on somebody else. I hope that this has been motivating to you. But I hope that it's lit a fire in you that God puts in you that he fires up this thing called hope, fearlessness, and faithfulness. This is important. And folks, I've got a question for you that I want you to catch. In whom do you trust? In whom do you trust? Do you trust the person in the white coat? Or do you trust the one in the right robe? That's your choice. In whom do you put your trust? Folks, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I put my trust in the person in the white robe, as I have for the last, I would say when I was eight, the last 50 years. Wow. Long time walking with the Lord, and I learn to love him more every day. So folks, three final takeaways in our last 60 seconds here that I want you to catch. Today, I'm encouraging you to put your, your choice of your PCP, your primary care physician, put it in the, in the face and in the hands of the person in the white robe of Jesus. Let him be your permanent PCP. I'm encouraging you to go right there to that website, sherwood.tv forward slash free. Go there right now. You'll get all this information I just talked about and more that you won't get anywhere else. And you're also going to be entered for a drawing to get a free immune protocol that we do for the 10,000 people that we've helped. We want you to have it. And as I said earlier, you can't win it unless you're in it. So go there right now and do that. Help yourself. That's action step that you can put into your life, put into your space first thing Monday morning. I want you to start that right now. And finally, wrapping this thing up, folks, I want you to live with confidence and boldness. Don't live with fear. Live with faith. Step up and do the right thing, regardless of what comes your way. The greatest victory that you have is always right there at the door where the greatest fear tries to creep up. Walk by that fear. Go kick in that door. Let fear become nothing more than a distraction. Just like we've made COVID nothing more than a distraction. So walk in faith, walk in boldness, walk in confidence, 
and know that my wife, Dr. Michelle, and I love you very much. I want to thank you for listening today to me. Thank you for your love and support. And we look forward to meeting many of you in person on the road sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.